I'm Holy Spirit. Kindle in us the fire of your love. Open the eyes of our hearts and see through them. Open our lips and speak through them. Set our souls on fire. Please be seated. Oh, I love John the Baptist. He's got all the best lines in Scripture. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath that is to come? Or as we say here, welcome to Good Shepherd. <laughs> what do you think, Joe? Let's recruit John the Baptist for our Welcomers Newcomers Ministry. Right? Wouldn't that be something you show up at a new church? And the first thing you hear is, who told you to flee from the wrath to come? You brood of vipers. Come on in. Join us for coffee hour. <laughs> yeah. But as our theme in scripture reminds us over and over, these words are given to us that we might have hope. That we might have hope. That we might be reminded of who God is and God's love for us. That no matter what is going on in our lives, the lives of people around us, in our world, that we might constantly be a people of hope and renewed hope. Thank you, John the Baptist, for your words. Words of hope. Hard words, maybe scary words, but words of hope. Words of hope. Um, repentance. You look at me, Luke? <laughs> yeah, repentance, right? He's got this message, repent, right? Repent, and we, and we know, right, from being in church all our years, right, we know that repentance usually focuses on things that are wrong. Right, things are wrong. Like, you know, hey, you know, you need to quit doing that and, and you need to kind of get right with God. And, and, and usually repentance is always about kind of thinking about what your sins are, what your flaws are, and going, yeah, I will, I will have a change of mind about doing those things and I'm a change of heart and feel different about those things and I'll change my behavior, right? It's the 180. So usually it focuses on things like, well, you know, anger, lust, greed, envy, things like this, right? The deadly sins. And, and we're going to recognize those things and, and we're gonna we're gonna reject those and and, and turn back toward 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 God. And during the season of Advent, which is a penitential season, that's what we have this, right? That, that repentance, right? And, and usually it's about what is not right and how to get rid of those things and get right with God. But maybe instead this year we think about not the things we get rid of, but the things that we want more of. The things that perhaps we don't ask enough for, and things that we want more of, like more hope, more patience, more peace, more joy, more love. And maybe the thing that we repent of is not asking enough, <coughs> not asking enough, of not asking for more hope, and not asking for more peace and more joy and, and more love and more patience. Maybe that's what the repentance is. It's, it's kind of, you know, expecting too little from God. And we're going to be repentant people waiting, you know, for, for, for God to come as the baby Jesus at Christmas again and, and waiting for that hopeful second coming when God's going to make everything right and we're going to ask more of that God. More love. More hope. More faith. More peace. We want more. There was a, um, a, a struggling artist, a young man who, who, who had just set himself out to be a professional painter. But, you know, as a, as a new artist, nobody knew who he was. He didn't have a name or anything. And, and uh, he was trying to get people to sit for portraits, and, and he thought he'd make some money by that, and, and, and went to a new town where nobody knew him, and thought, well, I'll, I'll start out here. You know, sometimes your past kind of, you know, it's a barrier to you getting started somewhere. So he went to a new town, 
and went around to various places and were asking me, would you, would you, can I paint the portrait? And they're all going, well, who are you? Well, just, you know, nobody in particular, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get started as an artist. Nobody would do it, except one person, the town drunk. <laughs> Had nothing better to do. So he found this man that said, yeah, I'll sit and you can, and you can um, paint my portrait. And, and uh, there he was, filthy, smelly, disheveled, in rags, inebriated. But he mustered up all the dignity he could and, and stood upright and dignified, you know, for this, for this man to, to create his portrait. And, and it, it took quite a while. It took quite a while. <laughs> And there's a little bit of impatience in there. And finally the man said, said to, the, to, the, to, his, to his subject, okay, I'm, I'm finished now. I, oh, you're done? Well, let me see. And the young artist turned it around. And it didn't look like the drunk at all. He goes, well, who's that? Well, that's you. I don't look like that. And he was enraged. Sat through all this and that's what you did? Doesn't look like me at all. He goes, no, but this looks like the man you are yet to become. The man you are yet to become. Maybe not the person you are now, but the person that God knows you to be. And the one that you will be at the second coming. See, that's what God knows. God knows what we can be, not what we are. Okay? But what we can be and what we will be. And I think knowing that, that God is not done with any of us yet, should give us great hope. We should be people of utmost hope, knowing that we have that kind of God that does not give up on us, even when we give up on ourselves. Does not give up on the people around us, even when they, we think those people are so far away from God that God has forsaken them. God has not given up on them either. There are these two um, sculptors, two great artists, and back in the day when these people would do their work, you had to deliver the marble to their studio. And this one named Donatello had this three-ton block of marble delivered to his workshop. And to get it there, you cut it as one big piece at the quarry, and there are no forklifts, there's no FedEx to deliver it. There are no cranes and trucks. They would take these huge, these massive blocks of marble and put them on rollers. And you roll it and you move the log to the front. And you know, you know how that works, right? You're kind of rolling this thing. It's a team of men with these logs and this three-ton block of marble rolling this huge thing. And they get it to Donatello's workshop. He comes out and looks at it and he rejects it. Return to the center. Because he looked at it, and you know, if you're an artist and you're going to do the sculpting work, you've got to make sure that that is a good piece of marble. And there is a serious crack in it, and a bunch of small defects in it, and, and he said, no, I, I can't use this, because it will fail, that crack will, will make the whole thing fail, and I'm, I'm, I reject this. Well, I imagine, you know, that must have been a lot of work, kind of cutting that thing, and then getting it on the rollers, and, and then getting it all the way to his shop, only for this guy to go... No thanks, return to sender. Wow. No payday for you, I guess. But you see, they were kind of smart. They knew not far from Donatella's shop there was another artist. And they knew that this other artist was sometimes a bit absent-minded. 
So they had a plan. Let's take it to this other guy's shop and tell him that he ordered it. He probably won't remember. <laughs> so that's what they did. And that artist is no slouch either. He came out and looked at it and noticed the same thing. There is a critical flaw in this piece of art. And all kinds of imperfections. I think I'll take it. I think I'll take it. Because he took it as a challenge. What can you make out of a flawed block of marble? And he crafted one of the great works of art. The Statue of David. The artist is Michelangelo. Crafting that out of a piece of flawed material, a great, beautiful work of art, priceless and gorgeous and beautiful. And I think that's how God looks at each of us. All of us with our significant flaws and minor ones, and God says, I'm not done with you yet. Others might reject you because of your flaws, but I'm going to turn you into a work of art. And that should give us incredible, incredible hope that God is a God who does that. See, our Old Testament lesson tells us that God can take a dead stump, something that is utterly dead, and bring new life out of it. New shoots, new branches, whole new life, whole new tribe of people, and his son coming from that line. Because that is the power of the God who is our God. And I think the thing for us to do is to not have such low expectations of what God can do. Of making that our repentance. Of expecting more of God. Because God does miracles. God is not done with any of us. Or any of our family members. Or any of the people in this community. Or any of the people in the world. God is not done with any of us. And that should give us great hope. There is that thing that that, that, that John says about, you know, if you are repentant, if you are aware of, if you are aware of how you have not expected as not with God, if you are aware of how God has showed up and has redeemed you, that there should be some fruit of that. There should be something that's a consequence of that. That the hope that you've received should, should bear fruit. It should be something that, that blesses others. <laughs> To remind of a story of a, of a cartoonist, this is not Charles Schultz, it's not the story of Sparky again, but apparently trying to get started with the whole comic strip thing is not so much like just getting a piece of paper and writing things out and people go, great, that's, that's wonderful. It seems to be a struggle for a lot of people that want to be um, comic strip writers. So there's a man back in the, in the mid-1980s, he was working for a large corporation, and he really wanted to do cartoons, though. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. And so he was watching a PBS program that was about doing cartoons. And the host of the show was, was a man named Jack Cassidy. And Jack was talking about the business and the art of, of doing comic strips. And, and this guy that really kind of had it, you know, that really this is what I'd like to do is be a, be a cartoon writer, a, a, a comic strip writer, but, you know, I've got this corporate job. And, and so he's watching the show, and, and, and he, he actually bothered to write a letter to Jack, the guy that was a host of this PBS program, asking if he could share any advice on how to kind of get started, at least part-time, you know, how, what are the ins and outs of getting in the business? And... and uh, I imagine somebody in a, doing a show like that must get a lot of letters sent to them. 
And it might be hard to kind of respond back to, to all these, these, these letters that you get. He, he actually, um, Jack Cassidy hand wrote a letter back to this aspiring comic writer. Wrote him a letter back. And, and this, this artist had sent him some copies of his work and, and he told him, oh, your work's wonderful. This is certainly worthy of being published. You know, I, I encourage you to, to take your best work, to send it out to multiple places, right? Don't give up on this. You've got a talent for this. You really do. But be warned. You're probably going to get rejected. They'll probably reject your work because that's, that's the nature of things, right? You're going to get rejected repeatedly. But, but don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. So this... Aspiring comic strip writer, you know, took that as well. Wow, that's fantastic. This guy, Jack Cassian, he, I mean, he's so good at what he does. He has his own show. He thinks my work is great. So he took his best work and he sent it out to multiple outlets The New Yorker and some other magazines. And, and he sent it out and he was waiting, right? Yeah. Got rejected. All of them. Like my dating life. <laughs> he gets rejected. And so he took all his art supplies and he put everything away. And he just went back to work. Gave up. Gave up. About a year later, he got another letter. It was from Jack again. And Jack wrote him this letter again, handwritten note, and, and, and said, you know, I was going through my files and, and I, I, I remember the letter you sent me about a year ago. And I'm just wondering, you know, how things are going. I hope by now you've sold some of your comics, made a few dollars maybe, and, and, and just having a really good time with this. And the fact was he hadn't done anything. And he thought about it, though. You know, this guy Jack doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me anything. Why would he do that? What do you write me in the first place and then follow up? What a, what a kind thing to do. What, what a message of, of, of encouragement and hope. And so this man went and got his materials back out and he started working again. And we know this story because he's writing about this experience in the letters from Jack. He's writing this in a newsletter to over one million people who became his fans and followers. His comic strip ended up getting picked up by multiple newspapers, at one time appearing in over 700 newspapers and collections, six or more collections of these comic strips. His name is Scott Adams, and his comic strip is Dilbert. Dilbert. And the thing that Scott recognized in that is, you know, sometimes people send us a message of hope, and that's wonderful. And you, re you remember that, you know, when... when when um, Jack had written these letters, he didn't write a thank you letter back. And he wondered about that. Because often when things are done, right, we go back to the gift giver and we say thank you for that. But what he recognized is that, well, yeah, I, I could do that, but you know, Jack never asked anything from me. And I think what I need to do is to be a source of inspiration and hope for others. To pay it forward. And I think that's the sense that Scripture has of bearing fruit worthy of repentance. So we consider again this week, take some time this week and think about your hope. Think about 
what you dream for. Think about what God's dream for your life is. And the people around you. Think about that. Think about where God has shown up for you and redeemed you and giving you new life. Where new life has come out of the stumps and the right places in your life and in your family. And when you have those things in mind, find someone that needs to hear a good word and remind them that God is not done with them yet. Amen. Amen. Amen.